So again, connecting with that place of comfort and ease in the body and in the mind. That place and that posture inwardly and outwardly where you sense the deepest safety coming from within you. Like the Buddha, who was a human being, we as human beings have the capacity to realize the truth, to experience the Dhamma, to see all compounded things as they are. This is our potential as human beings, if we can accept it. For most of us, as human beings, it takes training. It happens developmentally and gradually. As moment to moment, we're able to see through the veils of ignorance and delusion. Able to see the impermanent nature of every moment of life. So relax into your body, relax your mind. The teachings and techniques that we are given help us to incline the mind and heart towards attitudes that support the deepening into awareness, the ability to see nature happening in the body and in the mind without overlaying any concept of me or mine or self onto it, but just seeing it all as nature, the nature of the earth element arising and passing away in what we call body, hardness and softness, coming into being, changing, dissolving, the earth element, the air element, lightness or tension in the body, movement, vibration, coming and going like wind, It comes and it goes without our bidding, without our controlling it. It just does its thing like nature. The fire element, temperature in the body, coolness, coldness, warmth, hotness changing sensations of the body arising and passing away. Nothing to do. No need to control anything. Just noticing the experience and the awareness of it coming together moment by moment. And the mind 
so powerful, yet so evanescent. See what goes on in the mind as clouds in the sky taking form, sometimes heavy, sometimes light. Sometimes they last longer, sometimes it dissolves more quickly. Thoughts arise, mental formations arise, intentions arise, perceptions arise, all changing moment by moment, passing away. Nothing to hold on to, nothing to do anything with. See it all come and go in the vastness of the mind and heart. Not trying to control anything or to overlay any idea onto anything. Seeing it all as nature, doing its thing without interfering. Just awareness, moment by moment. So relax, do nothing. Don't try to be aware. Just let awareness come and get you. Thus shall you think of all this fleeting world, a star at dawn, a bubble in a stream, a flash of lightning, a flickering flame, a phantom, a dream. See all compounded things just like this. Stay open and relaxed. Let go of any techniquing. Let the natural occurrence of the mind do its thing. Don't worry if the mind wanders. Mindfulness will come back and know the moment just as it is. Just keep the subtle and gentle intention to stay relaxed, at ease. Gently bringing awareness to every moment without trying, without striving.
<clears throat> so do you have any questions about your practice today? Yes, Mark. So um, I found my, uh, I found the attention was choosing, decided to choose thought as an object. Uh-huh. Um, And um, I noticed the mind, the, the, the tape loops started to settle down when I did that. Pardon, the what started the, the, to settle? The tape loops. Oh, the tape loops started to settle down. Mm-hmm. Um, and then I noticed that the, the thoughts, and the, with each thought there was a feeling. Mm-hmm. And I felt like it was it was registering the heart area. Mm-hmm. And so my my attention went there, and it felt as though maybe I'm inaccurate, but uh, it felt as though I was tuning into the um, pre-thought of the. Is that is it accurate or is that inaccurate? So the comment is about tuning into thinking process, tape loops um, getting lighter, not, not so pulling of the attention in the regular habit patterns of the mind, the tape loops. Then the attention goes down and notices the um, sensations here in this area, around the heart area, around the chest area, and had this, was it a thought or an I? A sense... That each thought had a feeling associated with it. Thoughts do have feelings associated with them sometimes, but not necessarily all the time. So in that moment, that's what was being experienced. So I would see that idea, maybe the idea occurred afterwards or maybe during that time period, that, oh, all thoughts or thoughts have feelings associated with them. Um, So that is just a thought. (laughs) That in itself is just a thought. When there's the experience of a feeling, pleasant, unpleasant, or neutral, or any kind of very light or evanescent um, emotion, let it be just that. Attention to that. There's the experience of that and the awareness of it. Just that. Yes? I think it's really cool um, that there's like you work as a husband and wife team. Especially especially since, you know, in today's society there so many marriages are broken. Um, And, you know, I'm not married, but someday I might want to get married. How important do you think is it for your partner to be a practitioner? And do you have any words of counsel on the practice of marriage? So this is about the practice of marriage. (laughs) I thought it was going to be about liberation or something like that. (laughs) Uh, You know, that uh, conversation would be better put in the afternoon. 
Yeah, so please keep that for the afternoon. And by the way, we received a lot of notes from you, and uh, we aren't able to answer all the notes. Unfortunately, we haven't developed our magical powers yet. So... (laughs) And it's really just impossible to answer all the questions sometimes. So if you've written a note about, like, taking the practice home... Save that question for later on, for the afternoon, because we'll have a whole session about that. If you've written a note about practice, uh, you can. if you have an interview, then ask that at your interview session. If you, ha- if you don't have an interview, then raise your hand now if you have a note. If you've made a note, and we're not going to answer the note, so ask it in the hall. Okay, back there. Uh-huh. Um, and more recently, I've been finding sort of a phrase coming up, which I'm interested in your comment on, which mm-hmm. is um, it, sometimes it's a conscious phrase and sometimes it's sort of more of the assumption level, but that's what should have happened, mm. um, which to me sounds a little bit like Manindraji saying, it's the law. Mm-hmm. Mm. I see what you mean, and right. Mm-hmm. My, my instinct about it is that it's okay if it comes up naturally. But if, they, if I start using it as like a tool or I'm consciously looking for a phrase like that, then that's getting away from mm-hmm. So in, in response to like uh, aversive thinking that goes on and on, or falling asleep, for example, for a long time and then a feeling right after that of, oh darn, I fell asleep again, or there, there was, this was too long, been out of it too long. And then a thought coming up of, that's what should have happened. Um, <clears throat> and I'm presuming that that thought helps you to kind of relax the mind a little bit. It relaxes the mind a little bit around just what happened, and therefore, does it make you more present to that moment? For example, to that moment of the just passing moment of, a, of um, aversive thinking, that's where the moment's attention would be good to be at, right there. Just noticing that passing moment of aversive thinking, or possibly just noticing the moment of being aware now. Now there is awareness, because when the mind is brought into balance, it's able to see things more clearly. So the question with that bringing that thought out is, if it comes naturally, is that okay? And um, there's a concern about kind of making that as a kind of mantra to bring that in all the time and um, would that hinder the process? If it comes up naturally, as you said, your instinct about if it comes up naturally, it's fine. It, it allows the mind to relax. There are many thoughts in my own practice like that, kind of little short um, bursts of kind of wisdom 
of kind of letting myself know this is how it is. Just, it's okay to accept this. Things like that, that allow the mind to just relax. And I don't find them to be like, the mind is looking for those words. But if you find that the mind's looking for those words, or, okay, I'm going to bring this in to uh, relax the mind, and it's kind of like a striving or a trying, then I would let that let that go. Coming up naturally is fine. Because what happens when you try to bring something in, like, uh, for example, what we can often do with the metta practices, if we're feeling something uncomfortable, feeling some kind of ill will towards ourselves or towards others, or fear, and automatically we go to a, a metta phrase or like a phrase you're talking about, what happens is we divert the mind someplace else and we not, we're not paying attention to what's actually happening in that moment. And it's almost as though we take the phrase and cover up the experience. So um, we don't want to do that. If there's a natural tendency to incline the mind towards relaxing, balance, acceptance with that phrase, it sounds fine. Mm-hmm. So, anyone who had a note that wants it answered? Okay, so I, I was looking right here. Yeah. I, I sort of have a question in relation to the gentleman's up front. Um, uh, oftentimes, if I'm experiencing an emotion and I notice it, say sadness, something, um, a thought will, will arrive afterward that sort of qualifies the sadness, we'll say sadness related to, and then a lot of times a sense of peace will come with that. So I'm wondering if that's, it doesn't feel like conditioning, it actually feels like insight. And mm-hmm. I've been trusting it and, mm-hmm. and then releasing mm-hmm. afterward, mm-hmm. but I guess my concern a little bit is, should I sort of just really focus on feeling the emotion until it dissipates. Mm-hmm. So the I, can't con- really stop. I haven't been able to stop the, mm-hmm. the sort of... And it doesn't always happen. So the comment has to do with experiencing a feeling and then right away there's an association that of something that it's related to. And then when those two come together, it kind of helps the mind relax. And is that something that um, is a hindering the practice somehow? Not necessarily. When things come up like that, um, some kind of momentary intuitions or like ahas, it's not that you're leaning into the thinking about it. This can come up a lot in practice. Sometimes it shows us the cause and effect relationship um, that this experience is happening and it shows us something very directly related to it. I'll just give you an example. Sometimes we're... Uh, having a, an experience of aversion to something. And then all of a sudden we realize, oh, now I remember. I'm, I'm, this aversion is coming up because of a previous attachment to how I think it should be. That kind of thing, fine. But if, if the mind is going into something, um, oh, now I realize this family of origin ex- you know, and all of that psychological, this is not the, the area for that. That requires a whole other uh, area of, um, of expertise that we don't have. So this is fine like that. Yeah. 
There was a woman just behind. Uh huh. I've been watching the space between the in breath and the out breath and the in breath. Uh huh. And noticing that at a certain point there's this uptake in energy. There's this uptake. Uptake in energy. Uh huh. Space that feels a lot like anxiety. Mm. Mm. Really yeah. Yes. Right. So, so between the in breath and the out, and between the in breath and the out breath, and the out breath and the in breath, there's a space where uh, there is a sensing of kind of some anxiety, or you call, you're calling it an uptake of energy. And that can seem like, or is it in the moment that it seems like some kind of anxiety? Or do you just think about that anxiety later? It feels like anxiety. It feel, And so is there an inherent something in there that, you know, because there's a space, uh, that attachment or aversion comes into that space. It's not really inherent in that, experience, in, in that space. It's just habit patterns. You see, in that space where, um, in the space where there is awareness is not so strong, sometimes uh, that's when the hindrances can rush in. That's when the habit patterns of the defilements can rush in. So, not to think of it as inherent, but to understand what happens, and to just bring awareness right there to that anxiety. So, anxiety being known at that moment. And sometimes it's more precisely known as wanting the next breath, wanting being known, or aversion to the last breath, you know, this is enough, being known. So just know it like that. Yeah. Back there. That's great. Yeah. Because okay. I was wondering if I'm, if I'm covering it or if I'm really like, um, is it a habit pattern that's like changing a habit pattern? <laughs> it's like a habit pattern, changing habit pattern. So the comment has to do with, say there's pain in the body and the mind, you see that, or mindfulness sees that the mind directly goes to like, oh, you feel the energy of it taking the track of blame. But that's seen very clearly uh, that, um, in the moment or as soon before it takes off. And it seems like the mind switches to another track that says, okay, this is how it is. And the causes and conditions are being seen. That's very good. There's, uh, there's not just um, inclining the mind with a kind of natural habit towards equanimity which supports clear awareness, but also there is a natural habit pattern of seeing causes and conditions, which is wisdom. Wisdom is coming up in the mind, which also supports 
that very clear seeing and the long range being able to see through illusion and delusion. Is that pattern something to let fall away? The pattern of blame. Oh, of switching tracks. Not necessarily, because what what the mind saw in that moment was something very wholesome. So a wholesome habit pattern. Helpful. A wholesome habit pattern is worth developing (laughs) and nourishing. But if we hold on to it in, in, in time, there will be a version when it's gone. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, definitely, even to anything wholesome, pleasant in the mind. Have to notice that. That's where wisdom helps us a lot. Oh, Steve wants to give some announcements. So the schedule for today and tomorrow have been put on the bulletin board, and there's some changes. Uh, this afternoon at 2.15, the usual time for sitting, <coughs> we're going to start the uh, dissolution of the retreat by changing the schedule and doing some talking and uh, some announcements and things like that. So we'd like you all to come to the 2.15 period and it'll there'll be a variety of things, uh, short sits, some question answers, uh, retreat ending announcements, a break, and then uh, arranging rides and, and the whole the whole thing. At the end of that, at five o'clock, that's, we'll be back into silence for the evening uh, through tomorrow morning. So uh, we'd like you all to come for the afternoon session from two to two fifteen to five. Now, someone may have, someone or ones may have yogi jobs. Please speak to John about an alternate time to do that, okay? And please maintain the container of the retreat. Generally, we're still in, I mean, we are in silence until then when we'll be doing some talking and inviting you to, too. At this point in the retreat, there's a lot of uh, anticipating the future and... Uh, you know, planning and excitement and uh, a lot uh, going on. Uh, please use your practice to just be aware of that and as much as possible not act it out, not speaking or moving fast or calling on the phone and etc., etc. There'll be plenty of time this afternoon to make arrangements and then tomorrow to speak with one another and to catch up as needed. Uh, just a couple of announcements. There's um, when we approach the end of a retreat, you know, we can see that something is coming to an end, and the future is unknown. But we lay down tracks for what we want the future to be. But how we end the retreat, how we end, how we finish our time here, is really important. And you can learn a lot about yourself how you will end jobs, how you will end relationships, and how you will end your life by what happens in the next 24 hours. How you relate to endings and whether you get excited or 
fearful or make extensive plans or feel lonely or whatever. It's real indicative of other endings in your life. So take the opportunity to really learn about yourself in this very safe, benign situation so that you can be prepared for other endings uh, in your life. And the other, just kind of a statement of fact, there used to be a big banner upstairs in the attic uh, here that said, the true yogi has no future. (laughs) And if you think about it, the future is just a thought in your mind happening now. There really is no future. It's just a thought. When the content of that thought arises, it's just the present. So see all thoughts of the future as just present moment mental activity. There really is no future. (laughs) You mean this retreat's never going to (laughs) end? I'm glad there's a future. (laughs) So, now keep serious now, okay? (laughs) Enjoy your practice. Thank you for listening. To learn how you can support the teachers and Dharma Seed, please visit dharmaseed.org slash donate.